0: Any man who mentions therapy on this show like it it's just it's my kink. <laughs> Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor adjacent shows.
1: Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So this week on Paradise, things got triangular. The triangle really was the shape
0: of the week. We had Jordan, Jenna, and Benoit chris crystal and connor joe kendall and leo the list goes on
1: lots of love triangles considering that like at the same time everyone was apparently in a very stable relationship except for chelsea very
0: very stable uh you know with some wrenches thrown in there we have so much to talk about including leo's extremely disturbing dark turn and later we're going to be joined by kenny king to talk about his time in paradise
1: First, let's see how, how much we can break down night one. We actually took a new approach this week. We'll see how you guys like it. We uh, tried to clump together the events by love triangle rather than proceeding chronologically. Maybe that will make it less confusing. So let's start with uh, Jordan, Jenna, and Benoit. Wow. We're coming in a lot here. A lot. Um, I actually once I consolidated it, it was like two full pages about them. Um, It's we come in. It's the the morning after Benoit's date with Jenna. And um, and they're still jockeying over her. Like Jordan has made his bid. Benoit thinks, you know, oh, he's trying to put a stick in my wheel if that's the right translation. And I was like, yeah, Benoit, that's the concept of the show. (laughs) Like he's not just going to stand back and be like, good luck with her, buddy. Um, and,
0: uh, Jordan and Benoit could not be more different. Like you can just see Jenna wrestling with these two, like complete opposite things. So you have the guy who's like so into her effusive, kind of this insane wild card, but they seem to have an inexplicable connection. And then there's Benoit who's this really solid choice. He's older. He has a cute little accent. uh, (laughs) And he's, also, I guess also effusive, with his you know emotions.
1: Yeah, I think when I when I look at how Jenna is struggling uh, with this choice, I just thought about how hard it must be to date if you basically have fun with anyone like <laughs> so for me dating was so simplified by the fact that 95 percent of the time I would meet a guy and be like I don't enjoy being around you oh that that's
0: definitely my dating experience right. like within the first five minutes I'm like oh wow I want to spend zero time with you right that's
1: great even like you seem great and like a nice person sure I still don't want to spend time with you or whereas, like I don't want to touch you it's right. one or the other <laughs> exactly whereas Jenna's like well they're both hot um, and I'm they, both capable, like me. they both like me. I'm capable of having fun in either situation. So, like, really, how am I supposed to choose? Jenna is, yeah, she's too much fun. I know. She's too much she's fun. She brings all the fun to the relationship. <laughs> she doesn't need anything from them. And, like, yeah, she is so tender-hearted in a way that I think is covered up by her goofiness a lot of the time. But the minute that she gets involved in anyone's feelings, she just falls apart.
0: <laughs> oh, it was so heartbreaking to me when she finally made the decision with Benoit and then he's sort of expressing to her that he's upset and she just cannot handle making anyone feel sad and it it really made me feel for her.
1: Yeah, and like honestly at first I didn't expect it also because she was so good at like playing Jordan off a little bit being like, oh, well, I like David too. He seems nice and like she, she and Benoit have a makeout session in full public that Made me feel like I was watching them having sex, like they weren't, but like the the tongue that was on display and the the pinning of the shoulders <laughs> to the daybed, like it was very erotic. Making out, Jordan, Jordan and Jenna also have the like the neck
0: kissing. Oh, there's just for a, sure. There's
1: so there's a, a briefcase full of passion. <laughs> so it's full briefcase of passion. <laughs> Nothing but passion in that briefcase. I mean, I just felt like Jenna was. And more power to her for this. Kind of like, I'm going to pursue what I feel like pursuing and not worry about these guys' feelings. Um, but very quickly, it it proves that she... It's very stressful she, to do that. Right. She doesn't like hurting people. And um, she ends up, yeah, like, t- sitting down with Jordan and... He pours t- his heart out to her. Jordan is... He's so confusing to me. So back and forth for me this season. <laughs> and, I mean, honestly, I think he really likes Jenna... Yes. And cares for her and is trying to behave very maturely in that relationship. But also, if I were her, I would be really worried about some of his other behaviors that he's displayed. Like the only thing you don't you want from a guy isn't does he really like me?
0: Right. His aggro side is very off putting and very concerning. It would be a real red flag for me, although, you know, perhaps he has the power to temper that right. maybe i will
1: say at the very least he hasn't directed it at her yet
0: yes so. that's true no it's, <laughs> so
1: that's good. it's a the, the part of it that
0: makes me feel a little gross inside is the like well i must defend you i must protect your honor i have ownership over you sort of impulse and i right I, I and we don't saw think, a lot of that this episode right we saw a lot of that i don't think that that's necessarily how he thinks about it i it, and when he's Speaking to Jenna, he is giving her the space to say, I'm not into you. He is very much just saying, These are my feelings. But I don't know. It was real whiplash for how I felt about Jordan.
1: Yeah. Um, but what's also confusing to me about this is that the timeline is all over the place. We see them beginning with Jenna in this beautiful pink striped swimsuit, which I, I need really that noticed. Swimsuit. It's gorgeous. So then when we come back to her, it wearing a white it again or later after there had already been an outfit change. Right. Yes. Um, it gave me the impression that there had been some really creative <laughs> timeline changes. Um, and I wasn't sure if that was to create more drama or something because, you know, she has this conversation with Jordan and then she goes to talk to Benoit. She tells him that she's confused and he's like, well, it's my fault for confusing you. And then he kisses her. And she's like, please stop. You're going to make me more confused. And he kisses her again. Um, And suddenly they're making out. Yeah. Um, And so now Jordan is upset because he saw them making out again. And he thought they were going to break it off. And instead, uh, Jenna is apparently still playing the field. So Jordan decides to confront Benoit about it. Instead of talking, why?
0: right, because he feels ownership over Jenna and thinks, I need to go to the other man. And this bothered me. Like, if you are upset that Jenna said something to you and then didn't follow through on it, maybe have a conversation with her about it.
1: Yeah. And both of them kind of do this at different points yes. in the episode where they're like, this other guy should back off because I've I've pissed on this fire hydrant. It's mine. <laughs> um, and... You know, Benoit is never interested in talking to Jordan, but he does tend to make it seem like, oh, it's Jordan's place to like stand, stand down, stay out of it. Um, so Benoit reluctantly agrees to talk to Jordan by the hot tub, which was Jordan's specific suggestion for some reason. Um, and th- it doesn't go. It doesn't go well. Um, it's unproductive. They both just kind of curse at each other and are like, "Don't tell me what to do, man." Um, and Finally, Jenna tells Benoit that she's going to pick Jordan. Basically, um, Jordan says some stuff to her again before this is all resolved. Like, you're not meant for anybody else. That's she does push back. for each other. She does push back on him a little bit, though, yeah. which I appreciated. She said, "I connect with other people. I have." I enjoy other people. Yeah, don't pull the, like, no one's ever going to love you. Like, I love you. (laughs) Like, if without me, you're going to die alone thing. Obviously, Jenna will be fine. Um, Jordan might not be fine, but that's not really her problem. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, she decides to follow her heart. Her heart is with Jordan. He does keep telling her these beautiful things. I would feel the same way. Um, And so she tells Benoit, I like you, but... I don't want to be back and forth between two guys. You deserve someone who's fully committed. So I'm gonna go with Jordan. And Benoit it's, deals with this by th- throwing a football into the ocean. It's very productive. Yes. I mean, at least he didn't again throw a football at Jenna. Like this is the the baseline this the level. level. This is how every time a guy does something aggro, I'm like, at least he didn't do it at a woman <laughs> this time. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's where we kind of—that's what we get night one for those two. And I'm, I'm still I, at this point the only person I like in that threesome is, is Jenna. Jenna. But I really like Jenna. Yeah, she is redeeming all of them. Um, just kidding, they still suck. So uh, let's talk about Chris, Crystal, and Connor. Chris and Crystal have have really connected. Really connected. Suddenly they're just deep in this relationship. It's crazy. I love seeing what Chris and Crystal are like in a relationship. It involves them sort of lightly spooning each other on the beach while he examines her butt, which he thinks <laughs> is unreal. I believe, I'm sure it is. I'm and, sure it's a great butt. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I would hope. She, she's a personal <laughs> She's a personal, personal fitness trainer. trainer. Yeah. Um, and she just sort of gazes off into the distance and is like, thank you, I work really <laughs> hard on it. Her baby voice is fully returned now well, that she we know is, it is interested. Man, man specific. It is man induced. Um, and she says that she thinks the timing for Chris and I to connect is divine. <laughs> it's divine timing. Well, Chris clearly you knows she has a lot of, she's a
0: little bit woo woo.
1: We're learning. Yeah. You
0: know, there's a lot of saging, a lot of crystals, <laughs> a lot of, you know, divine
1: moments. I More love power to her. her. Whenever a couple, like, connects for, like, 12 hours, they're like, I think now we're the strongest couple in paradise. They're constantly all vying to be the strongest I know. Couple. I, I could—when Annalise says this
0: later in the episode, I could tell that they were Franken-biting it from something else. So I do yeah. sometimes think that they throw those comments in, like someone might have said it about another couple, and they make it seem like— they're right. always talking about themselves. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no, the editing is out of control this season. I'm noticing it so much. I don't want to notice <laughs> the editing. It's very bothersome. I know. I'm constantly noticing that they're back in outfits that they were wearing in earlier scenes or, like, the earlier scene was cut in from a later scene. The bites are ridiculous. Jacqueline had quotes taken from her Bachelor season. Like, this is not— I know that this happens every season in some capacity, but you should be good enough at your job that it's not this right. obvious. I do wonder if I'm just so – I've just watched the same show so many times that, that I'm becoming more, more aware noticeable. of it. That's probably
0: true. That's it's probably like how it. now that
1: I've watched all the boys like 15 <laughs> times, I'm noticing things like she takes off her scarf twice in that scene. It's just the familiarity. This is what happens it when you watch a romantic comedy 11 times <laughs> yeah. in a row. <laughs> it's not like an art film. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that that is true. However, I do think that Chris thinks the so. Oh, I, I agree. Paradise. I think that was not Frankenbit. Um No, the goose is
0: cooked. As he, he was really just leaning into this goose identification.
1: Yeah, just stop. It needs to stop. I don't know. I I continue to struggle with why he thinks it's sexy. But then again, women do seem to keep wanting to date him. For it's some reason, it's astounding to me. It's I can't understand it. But um,
0: first. Connor is here. Connor, who I I mean, I get why he wouldn't wear glasses on the beaches of paradise, but he's just so much cuter in glasses.
1: Yeah. Um and I wanna point out that when he arrives, uh Chris tells him not to throw the date card into the pool. And this is just a little <laughs> joke because Connor has rage issues, as we all know. We might remember oh, he another aggro
0: man has arrived through a picture frame into a
1: Yeah, so this is gonna end well. Um and Connor he came here to meet Crystal, and Crystal, Crystal, in fact, apparently came to Paradise to meet Connor. Yeah, so trouble, trouble for Chris at this point. Trouble for the goose, as they say. Um, I also <laughs> want to note that I love—I do love when the people come in fresh and they're just perfectly they clothed look so, and fresh. Yeah, and everyone else has no their ratty hair and like a ponytail. And um, his hair was so perfectly sculpted; you could see like the front wave breaking back onto his skull like he that you pomade could see is doing some work every strand was perfectly in place like even if i put in hours of work to get that to happen My the minute i was on the beach it'd be all over the place yeah even just walking down that path to chris yeah. harrison it, i would just be
0: sweating profusely it would i be need done. to know
1: what product he's using i just need to know connor let us know. Um, so Connor is after Crystal, of course, because she's hot as hell and her body is perfect. Which There's is... so many unnecessary comments about just
0: women have hot bodies. Yeah. We'll come back to that with Joe.
1: It <laughs> just, just keeps, keeps happening. Um, so uh, she talks to uh, Connor and... Is really upfront with him. She says, I came here to meet you. I've been thinking about, you know, keeping you in the back of my mind. But just so you know, I've really vibed with Chris. He's really stepped it up. And if we went out on this date, I would be, like, thinking about him. And I think you should know that before you choose me over any anyone else here.
0: I am so on board with the way Crystal – is communicating with these dudes. I'm she, really it's impressed. Really
1: impressive. It's crazy because I want to note that she was so bad at communication on Ari's season. Well, I think she thought she was doing what
0: she did here, which is being upfront with him, but in fact the setting was so different that she was just making completely unreasonable demands. That but she overrode also overrode everyone being else, else up front. Like,
1: she was oh, like throwing tantrums was, and then lying about it. She I forgot was, like, that she lied about it. Having conversations with the other women where she like refused to consider their point of view, which is why it's like been astonishing to me to see her really excel at communicating and considering other people's feelings. Like, has she had incredibly intense therapy? Like, it's, it's mind boggling to me. Or
0: this is just such a, a better setting for her. I mean, right. or a
1: combination of both.
0: Yeah. You know, some self-reflection. Maybe she's just been doing a lot of yoga. She's very zen. (laughs)
1: That helps my mental health. Um, Well, apparently not enough yoga, which we'll get to later. Um, So she immediately goes to Chris and is like – Chris, who has been like, I'm confident she's not going to go out with him. I know it. And she sits down and says, I told him that I'd be thinking about you the whole time if, if he asked me out. And he says, you're lying. He, an- he annoys me so much. He's so annoying. Like, why would you say that? Just be like, really? Thank you. Well, he does not excel at communication. No. <laughs> um, and then uh, Connor decides to ask Crystal out anyway. Um, and so she agrees to go. Uh, she tells Chris. And he says, so you don't think where we're at is good enough?
0: No. No. <laughs> Could be better. I mean, she, again, is very honest and says that she had come into Paradise wanting to meet Connor. She wants to give it a chance. The Chris connection was extremely surprising to her. And she's trying to be respectful of everybody, but also give herself the space to explore that.
1: Yeah. And uh, Chris does not handle this well. I mean, I understand, him being, <laughs> I, understand. I, like, I understand him being upset about it. I do understand. But, like, I don't really know how else she... Could have handled it, and I, like I, I It's do, just built into the structure of this show. It's so annoying to watch him be insecure because in my mind I'm like, she shouldn't like you that much, <laughs> but she does, and you're still complaining. And <laughs> therefore, yeah, I feel have little lucky. He's like, what we had was very, very beautiful. She could have spent the whole night with me, and instead, she's going out with this guy. It's like, yeah, think about that for a second. <laughs> Humble um, yourself. The data is supposed to be something mystical. And basically, what that means is they are buried under tree fronds and earth uh, and sand on a beach uh, while someone beats a drum and sings. So, uh, just like a bastardization of native traditions. Of course. Cool. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I assume, yeah. like, even just by filming it, surely it yeah. is bastardized, even if it's otherwise accurate. Um, Connor doesn't understand what's happening because no hablo inglés which as we all know means that he doesn't speak English Um, so and then there's like a weird scene where he's crawling shirtless toward her over the beach and howling
0: one has to assume that they're was more context to this, but none I like, was given. I
1: like to think that they were just acting <laughs> they, out some sort of like wolf maybe, furry yeah, fantasy. Maybe it was a role playing, <laughs> sexy thing. <laughs> They're like, "We're on our own now. What would you like to do?" I'd like to pretend like like be to a be wolf a wolf stalking you. <laughs> um, and uh, and that's pretty much all we see of the date. Um, Chris waits up for them pretty late and tries to talk to Crystal before she goes to bed, and uh, and she's like. No, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah, she basically is like, look,
0: I'm I need. I'm tired. I need a time to think about this, and uh, I'll see you in the morning. Again, good boundaries, Crystal. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Um, this is just a general theme. Very impressed with the women, very unimpressed with the men.
1: Yeah. The guys this week were, were not great, except for Kevin. And uh, Kevin is putting in a good showing. Actually, let's talk about Kevin and Astrid, because— they had a little bit of a speed bump this week. That worked itself out very beautifully and <laughs> maturely. I'm well, imagine how relaxing the show would be to watch if everything went like <laughs> Kevin and Astrid's conversation. I'm glad that we got to see more of Kevin and Astrid mm-hmm.
0: because they've been one of those couples that haven't had drama. So they've sort of put them on the back burner, which means we don't get to see any of the kind of sweet development of their relationship. But at this point, have they they've basically been together the longest, I guess, besides... Kendall and Joe, but they've been stable. They haven't been going out with anyone else.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Kevin was briefly interested in Crystal, Crystal, and then she went on another date. So he was like Astrid then, and then he and Astrid have just been together ever Ever since. since.
0: And that was like episode two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And But Kevin is feeling a little restless. He says it's been a great seven days. Could easily turn into 70 years. Seven days. Let's just put this. In Seven days. They've been filming for one week. A solid week. <laughs> um And uh but, you know, he's just thinking maybe it'd be nice if she went on a date with another guy.
0: <laughs> Understandably, she's <laughs> extremely taken aback by this. And at first I was I was
1: like, what the fuck are you doing, Kevin? It was weird to watch. He just they're like hanging out. It's very weird. Very relaxed. It's always weird when people start drama on Paradise in this kind of setting because there's just languid. They're just like on a they're day so bed, hot. they trying not to move. And then one of them just, like, looks over and says something hurtful, and the other one just starts crying. And still they're, like, not moving because it's too hot to, you know, spend any energy. Um, so she's like, well, I don't want to go out with anyone else, and I don't understand why you're doing this. And she starts crying, and she gets up and walks away. Um, And finally, Kevin goes to kind of try this conversation again, and he explains, uh, I thought really thoughtfully, that he is concerned because he has now gotten into two relationships on on Bachelor shows. He was engaged at the end of Canadian Bachelorette, uh, and then not that long afterwards went on Bachelor Winter Games and ended up dating uh ashley who then dumped him and started dating jared um and so he's feeling like you know i have been here where it felt really great and then it fell apart as soon as we got into the real world and the challenges and like he mentions you know we're both hot commodities people are going to be like sliding into our dms like trying to, to not break wrong. things up and he, yeah he's totally right um I will say that usually I feel like what happens is that it's the guy who gets distracted by all the DM slides. But, like, so, like, if he's not— Right. To be fair, the DM slides are not what broke either of his relationships up.
0: No. Um, But just the general challenges, of course, of being in the real world. And clearly he's doing the thing where he's trying to play out those challenges in Paradise to protect himself.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really—it's interesting that we've had so much Kevin— Without really seeing his emotional journey portrayed at all. Like yeah. even when it was Ashley and Bibby, it was very – like he he mostly seems to keep things very internal. So it was like, well, things aren't working out with Bibby. I'm going to make out with Ashley now and we're together. There isn't a lot of – uh His emotional development through those things were never really on the surface. Right. Or also, I'm sure part of it is that at least
0: on Winter Games, you know, we were being the American audience was being introduced to all of these strangers. And so the emotional arc of Bibby or of Ashley probably felt more compelling to an American audience.
1: And I think, you know, if we had someone who was engaged uh, at the end of the American Bachelor Bachelorette, we would be very aware of the emotional toll that would take when they came on the show but it's easy for us because we haven't seen to forget that. I mean I haven't seen that season the only season
0: of The Bachelorette Canada
1: yeah no I haven't seen it and and so it's easy to forget that that he went through that um and Astrid you know says well, I don't want you to fault me for what other people did. Which is also fair. And he's like, well, I just want to talk and, like, process these things. I normally go to therapy twice a week, um, and ther- I have no one here. I just was – I fell in love. I know.
0: Totally Any not. man who mentions therapy on this show, like, it, it's just – it's my
1: kink. I would, lo- <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go to therapy twice a week. I also really relate it because my therapist recently closed her New York practice – and I've been going out of my mind. That is no, that's truly <laughs> devastating. I don't I had therapy this morning. It was fantastic. Oh my God. I like wait for Greg to come home and I'm like, hey, how was your day? Cool. Here's a metric fuck ton of baggage <laughs> that I'm just gonna drop on you right now. Can you talk me through all of it? And he's like, I kind of have work to do, but like, sure, your emotional health comes first. Um, so I definitely I related so hard to Kevin in this moment. And it made me think that they should really have a therapist for them. But then I guess they wouldn't uh, get to have their emotional meltdown. on screen. I guess they screen. they
0: probably do have a therapist available. But I assume the show. Well, they we know they do on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. They yeah. have a therapist around. So I assume they probably have someone on hand up in it Paradise. But I they to be quite a. Th- right. I don't
1: think it's not the same as your, like, long-term therapist right. that you've been going to twice no. a week. The first season I watched was Brad Womack's second season. And I think they showed him getting therapy that season because they wanted to prove to America that he was ready to changed. commit this time. <laughs> and so I sort of have it deeply embedded in my my idea of The Bachelor that that they should get on-screen therapy. And yet they have never done it again. I wow, think that's the I only time. Wow, I would really be on board. I have not yeah. seen that season, but that's that's fantastic. They also do it in Burning Love, they have the on-screen therapy. Oh, I love, of the lead. love yeah. so much, and it's great television. So something to consider. No, I've never seen that
0: season, but um, I am on board with that. And I just love that Kevin brought this up, and also it really speaks to the beauty that is Canada's healthcare system. <laughs> so true. <laughs> therapy twice a week—that's—that's that's, you
1: got to have really good yeah. health insurance. Um,
0: that. I will say. The healthcare is fantastic. I've lived (laughs) in Canada. It is great there. I'm so jealous. Uh, And, yeah, I really enjoy Astrid and Kevin together. Yeah. They seem like a mature people who are in
1: a pretty mature relationship. They de-escalated this really nicely. Oh, and I want to mention they only have, like, a little moment uh, in night two. But that moment is that Kevin decides to take Astrid on a nice date. So they sit on the beach. (laughs) having cocktails, and looking at a fake Fake television television. made out of driftwood. (laughs) I want to know who made that fake television. It looked really, like, well-crafted. It was well-done. Yeah. That's not something that Kevin just lashed together last minute. It had—there was a little antenna nailed on. Um, It just was such an an interesting concept to me of, like— I wish we weren't on a beautiful beach watching the sunset over the ocean. I wish we were instead binge-watching Billions right now <laughs> in our living room. <laughs> a, that's that's what most of their life is going to be like. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's you've, true. <laughs> you've got to be open to that. Uh, but they, yeah, they're very sweet, and um, I'm on board with them. Yeah, me too. So one really sad exit this week was Kenny, who uh, left after uh, starting to connect with Annalise. And so before we get into night two and some of the other uh, love triangles that we saw play out, we're going to get on the phone with Kenny King and talk to him about his time on the show. Let's start uh, with, with the beginning. What made you decide to go on Paradise?
2: Well, um, you know, I didn't go in Paradise last year. Uh, and... It wasn't going to go this year, um, but you know, like nothing had changed for me. Like I was still single, and you know, a year later after being on The Bachelorette and Rachel season, like nothing had really changed. Uh, so uh, it just sort of started to started sort of making sense. Like, well, you know, have an opportunity to go and maybe actually meet somebody in this uh, environment. Um, it, you know, it it sounds a lot better than going to the club and meeting somebody, you know? So, um, after thinking about it, you know, I talked to my kid about it and she's completely okay. It was the longest period of time that we were going to be away from each other. It was something I decided to do for me.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, has she watched any of it? (laughs)
2: Well, let me tell you about her. Right, (laughs) we uh, we, uh, sat down and watched like the first and second episodes together. So she looks at me and says, "All right, Dad. So, which which episode are our conversations?" I was like, what's conversations?" conversation? She's like, well, you know, you FaceTimed me, right? So, like, I didn't see any cameras, but I know they were filming me. Which one? Oh. And I was like, yeah, babe, it's not that kind of party. Like, this is the Bachelorette. They were not filming our conversation. She was like, no, they're not. Well, I don't want to watch it.
0: So. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, if I'm not going to be the star of this, what is the point, Dad?
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, literally. She was not interested at all. So, <laughs> I was be <actually> watching paradise.
1: <laughs> She's like, that's the whole reason I wanted you to go.
2: Duh. <laughs> FaceTime, I'm Dad.
1: That is amazing. <laughs> she was the breakout star of Bachelorette, so <laughs> she was,
2: she, yes, for real, she was like that. She uh, last year, I remember her. Um, her technology teacher was like, "Hey guys, uh, why don't you just go on the internet and find a couple of things that might describe you, or find a couple of pictures that you think you know, like uh, identify who you are." And she went out and picked like four or five uh, articles on the internet that said she was the star of Bachelorette. <laughs> So she knows what she's doing.
1: Good for her! Oh, wow, that is that's fantastic. If I'm the other kids, I'm like, wow, this is really a, yeah, a how, unfair assignment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah how can she,
0: I show you know, up I think, after that?
2: Like, please, like, Okay, well, you have like, yeah, that that sort of looks like you, but you know, having to post that, I was, well, I was, up, <laughs> whatever you say, kid.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. So, when you decided to go, was there anyone in particular that you were hoping to connect with while you were there?
2: No, because this may be a sin in bachelorette, but I don't really watch it for that. Like, I um, I didn't want to have any preconceived notions about anybody. I didn't want to say, oh, well, you know, I did not like how Crystal was on her season, so I don't want to talk to her, or, you know, I didn't like this. You know, everybody, I don't want to, Based how I how I perceive somebody based off of a quote unquote edit, so I didn't really have anybody that I was going there to meet. I just knew there was going to be you know wonderful people, and that uh, maybe somebody was going to be for me.
1: Yeah, and you did end up connecting with Crystal early on, um, and you went on a wrestling date together, which has been a real theme for you on this franchise a lot of wrestling dates and i'm curious whether you like that or you wish they would send you on some more romantic non-wrestling style (laughs) dates
2: well you know i heard that they were going to send me you know play to play classical piano or like you know like do Cross stitch and things like because I, I can do that stuff, but no, I can't do any of that stuff. Um, I uh, thought you
1: could,
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You you seem to contain uh, multitudes, Kenny. <laughs>
2: it, it's definitely one of those things where I was like, um, I can do way more stuff than wrestle, like I do in my daily life, way more stuff than wrestle, but uh, you know, it's just, it's it's cool. I the wrestling date was even though it was uh, Kenny's wrestling again, um, uh, it was it was it was amazing how they set it up i mean it was a real like lucha show uh on a thursday in puerto Vallarta. so for them to have set that up uh it it was, it was really really cool i enjoyed it
0: so did you rehearse uh ahead of time for that date or was it just all on the fly
2: my dear a magician never reveals <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll just be left wondering.
2: you yeah, will we'll just have to know, wonder whether Kenny's just that damn good to get in the <laughs> ring uh, after a date and just whip some Mexican dude's butt.
1: I mean, it seemed both very natural and very polished, so it could go uh, either way.
2: So, well, I, it's sort of supposed to.
1: <laughs> You're like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> <Good> point, <right?
2: laughs>
1: I've learned so much about wrestling from The Bachelor recently. Uh,
2: I think that should be my my job now is to do wrestling co- classes for The Bachelor.
1: I think, yeah, you would, it would go really well. I think there's a lot yeah. you could do. You're bringing wrestling to a whole demographic that that hasn't had it marketed to them before. It's great.
2: Sure. I could, I could market the first Ben Higgins versus Robbie Hayes match. It would be great.
1: Oh, I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also love to see their training, like glow style.
2: Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So you ended up being like really in demand during your time on the show. Uh, at one point, you you had three women going after your rose. What was it like to to juggle all of that attention?
2: Well, you know, I think uh, one of the things about Paradise, and I think it kind of became a tagline, and almost like a slogan, is you know what a difference a day makes, and and, and things change so fast. I mean, you, you you one day it's this thing where like um. Getting my my heart on the beach, like set on fire uh, <laughs> by Crystal oh. one night, uh, and then you know the next day or so, it just kind of comes to where these you know all these these three beautiful women were competing for my rose. So you know, paradise is just one of those places where things change very fast. And uh, I am not going to lie, I enjoyed it a little bit. It was fantastic.
0: <laughs> Got a little taste of being the Bachelor.
2: Yeah, it was great. It was all my little mini Bachelor audition. I think I killed it. So. <laughs>
1: was it really tough with the crystal thing how long had you guys been hanging out at that point
2: uh you know it was just like this like we've been hanging out we went on the date you know she gave me her rose like it was cool it was just like uh, i it, it it was still early and it was completely okay because it wasn't really like i was like hey i'm drawing this heart in sand, and i want you to be my wife right now it was just <laughs> like you know hey look this is just the natural progression of this paradise thing. Let's sit down and eat some strawberries. And before she could eat any strawberries, she decided to get friends on me. So I was just <laughs> like, you know, hey, look, sit down, eat some strawberries, and then tell me you don't like me. But, like, just, just humor me first. But I was really that serious, uh, you know, it was cool. Like, um, it, it, it was just, it's just paradise. Paradise is like that.
1: Yeah, it's just it's 10 days of speed dating. Uh, so you ended up giving your rose to Annalise, and it seemed like you guys were hanging out uh, a little bit after that. Uh, what went into the decision to leave at that point?
2: Well, it, you know, that date was always looming on the horizon. Like it wasn't like, oh, I just fro- oh, I forgot there was this thing. Um, I, I almost didn't go. You know, I wasn't really going to go actually. Like I didn't go last year, and I really didn't have this overwhelming uh desire inside of me to be like oh i need to go to paradise this year uh you know i dinner with one of the producers we sat and talked and i just really had to think about it like i didn't i had really changed you know the year after the bachelorette no girlfriend still you know just doing this in the cycle of work daddying repeat and uh you know, I, I decided to give myself a chance. Uh, you know, this is a great place. With all these wonderful people that are actually ready for relationships. Not every day at all that you find a situation where you, you're you in a place where there's 10, you know, beautiful women on a beautiful beach in Mexico. And they're not about games. And they're all, like, looking for the same thing you are. So uh, it's just one of those... A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that I felt just because I hadn't, you know, progressed in my love life. I And, you know, as a single dad, like, when you really get the opportunity just to sit back and focus on, I need. Mean, okay, now I'm going to try to find love without any encumbrances from, you know, from any of the, the daily day, uh, you know, parent life. So me getting to hang out with Annalise was great. And it, it just happened, you know, the, the, The deadline just came off too fast, and it just wasn't enough anywhere for me to be able to
0: stay. Right. So you knew um, about your daughter's recital before you decided to go, and you had kind of decided that that was when you were going to exit Paradise?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't like this thing like oops, hey, I I know it might have come off. You know, I know it kind of came off that way, but it wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, ah, damn, got to go. It was a thing that it was literally like looming over my shoulder like impending danger and I was like damn I don't, I did not want to leave it was a great time and I really felt like I was doing you know I was doing the right thing by being there but uh, I didn't if I'd have maybe had something stronger with you know analysts or whomever it, it, it might have been something different maybe I would have Thought to bring her or or come back, but it just that's a whole different can of worms in and of itself. Mackenzie's like, "Oh, who's this lady dad that you bring to my?" <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: that's so, an in, intense
2: move. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's not something that I would really, I, I would really feel comfortable even putting, you know, a, a lady in that situation. Like, oh my god, I gotta meet this this girl. So it was just one of those things where I just had to make a decision, and I made it, and I, and I don't regret
0: it. No, you had a very very. um Graceful, respectful exit, which seems to be your thing. You're very good at exiting these shows.
2: <laughs> uh, so I hear. So I hear.
1: <laughs> well, what, what's your secret? How do you pull it off so so beautifully every time?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I get it. There's people out there who are, you know, a little salty, like, oh my God, why does he keep coming on these shows if he has to do this <laughs> and he's always doing this and so blah, blah, Like, you know, I, I, I get it. But, but the simple fact is, like, just the truth is single parents don't get a lot of opportunities to go out and just look for love for themselves. You know, if you, if you're a single parent, it's ninety-nine point nine 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 percent about my child and, you know, what's best for for them. So, um, (laughs) the graceful exits are just being mature and just understanding what this is. Like, you know, I, I, do want to be on these shows and, and I'm not doing it for the wrong reasons. I would like to find someone at the end of the day. This kid is, is my absolutely everything. So uh, if I'm not doing that, then I'm not really doing anything.
1: Yeah. It gives you a, a different perspective maybe than a lot of, a lot of people would have
2: right. I mean, it's not. I'm not. I'm the I'm the odd man out when it comes to the quote unquote bachelor franchise. Like, there's not a bunch of single dads running around in Bachelor Nation. So, yeah, a lot of these other guys, you know, they get the opportunity. Hell, oh, they can go to Paradise next year and they can, you know, go back to go back home and go to the club or whatever. It was it was a little different for me. I was for, I was taking a little more serious. So, it was harder for me to leave, but I knew that I had to.
1: So after you left, uh, Annalise ended up connecting with Camille. Did you uh, watch Annalise's arc after you left?
2: Uh, it's just still happening. I didn't get the chance to watch anything last night because uh, we were doing the reunion show. But uh it's still happening. I, I think Elise is a great person. Um it, one of the reasons why it even kinda of started between us is because we were just great friends. We'd kinda of check in with each other about our you know, our paradise status and you know, when she went through the <laughs> thing with Jordan. Uh, you know, I was there, we talked about it and you know, and again, Crystal set my my strawberries on fire uh, <laughs> you know she was there and we kind of talked about it so it kind of like that's just the natural thing a lot of times and really what you look for in a relationship is to start by being great friends uh so that's kind of what we were starting to do uh so i i don't necessarily well i know but i can't tell you what happened with her video, but uh, you know I really wish her the best she's a great she's a great woman and uh, she's really she's one of the people that is here for the right reasons she wants to be in love she wants to find somebody to make a person so I'm, I'm 100% in her corner and hope she finds that
0: oh that's so nice to hear and of course we know you can't give us any spoilers but how how was the reunion taping <laughs>
2: Wild as hell, <laughs> a period, in between each one of those. Uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things that reunion shows you just really never know how it's going to go. You know, it's who's going to have an axe to grind it's out of nowhere? And uh, there were, there were a few gigantic axes, and uh, it just, you know, it, just it, it was a, a reunion show. There's a little bit of fireworks, but ultimately, it was about you know the people that found love,
1: yeah. Can we expect to see Leo at the reunion show?
2: Oh, he's sitting right next to me, yeah. Oh,
1: boy. oh wow.
2: Okay. I was trying to get some of that, uh, some of that uh, Pantene or Loving Rock shine on. <laughs> <near the gate. laughs>
1: <laughs> uh Is there anyone from the show that you, that you became friends with and have stayed in touch with?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, that's part of the great thing about these shows is like you go them to meet, you know, a person of the opposite sex and you just, there's a enemy great people. Like uh, Benoit is just a guy that, Benoit and I only really met the day, he came the day that I left in Paradise, but we, Benoit and I really, really hit it off. Kevin, John, like these are guys who are in group chats. We, you know, we really, uh, keep up with each other and we talk so you know in addition to uh my rose boys from rachel season <laughs> uh there's a lot of different guys of course and eric uh there's a lot of different guys from paradise that you know will that that are in review for rose boy status right now
0: oh wow yeah. you're exp- expanding the rose boy circle it's very generous <laughs> well, yeah,
2: it's, it's, it's not it's not easy there, <laughs> uh, there are a lot of uh uh original Rose boys that were like, why do we need these guys? But it's
1: okay. What about, can we expect to see you in any sort of beefs? Do you have any like rivals or enemies from paradise that you're going to be jousting with?
2: No, I, if you, (laughs) if there's one thing about me so far, if you just look, whenever you see drama, on on paradise. Whenever you see people getting into it, you do never see me—not even like in the background. But, uh, I can smell that a mile away, and I'm always in paradise. Paradise when people, are, you know, doing their drama. So I, I stay, I stay clear.
0: You just have your cocktail out on the out on the beach, living yeah, life. Man,
2: There's too many hammocks out there to get in the beach. Like hammock to relax.
1: I respect that. Uh, the beef, the beach is no place for for beef. Um, so, s- speaking of food, uh, you and Eric had uh, a conversation about cheese that that blew a lot of <laughs> people's made a, minds. Made a real impression. Um, would you be able to explain to us, like, definitively what uh, it means to move with the cheese?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The fact <laughs> this is happening that I have to explain this over and over and over, over. Um, again. <laughs> so it's a book my mom gave me this book when I was maybe in my 20s uh, it's a book by Spencer Johnson I believe called Who Moved My Cheese so the basic gist of it is this it's, it kind of breaks people's and their animals uh, and their habits down to like lab animals so they're che- there's two rats in a controlled environment and they wake up every day and they go to a spot and they get their cheese every day wake up oh let's go get the cheese wake up get the cheese like clockwork. one day <laughs> The cheese is not there. So one rat is like, wait a minute, what do I do? And the other one is like, no, I, it's okay, I'll stay here. So one rat decides that, well, the, you know, day after day, the cheese isn't coming back here. I have to go find the cheese or going to go hungry. And the other one says, nope, if I just stay here and wait, they'll bring the cheese back. So it's really just a metaphor for, for changing how humans uh accept and go through change because there are some people that will, you know, when there's a change that happens, that will say, Nope, I'm not with this. I'm just going to stay here until it comes back. And there's other people who just move with the cheese and, uh, you know, and they, and they find he to be human is to be fluid. If you're not fluid and adapt, then you're going to die. So, uh, <laughs> All of that <laughs> contained inside of a cheese metaphor.
0: I love it. It's really just about adaptability.
2: Yeah, that's about it's it. It's about being able to adapt. And if you can't adapt in paradise, then you, you'll go home. So it's just one of those things that I, I, it's ridiculous because Eric and I had a conversation at like three, four in the morning <laughs> when nobody was not rap. So the way that they kind of set it up to make it seem like we were psychoanalyzing everybody on the uh, uh, in paradise. Uh, it was great. It, it's been <laughs> for a whole lot of people.
0: It was really entertaining, and I like that it's come back a lot. Um, yes, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's like every episode now. There were, didn't, wasn't there a discussion this week mm-hmm. about what kinds of cheese people are like yeah. you've just you've created yeah. a monster here But
2: this <laughs> is what happens when you have the conversations about the original people to to, to kind of keep it on, uh, in its borders because the conversation about brie and the cheddar is terrible <laughs> all the same I did not understand what it was they were putting together so
0: No yeah. but Jordan is sure that he is mild cheddar
1: so it goes with everything
2: <laughs> I agree it goes
1: with everything Could you tell us what cheese you are
2: I'd be real cheddar because I'm pretty damn sharp.
1: <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, I, like that. I like that. Thank you. Also, <laughs> sharp cheddar is just better than mild cheddar. Let's be I honest. Agree. It's
2: well, true. I mean, that's, that was my low-key put myself over Jordan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, that 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 was a I think that's a great note to end on. I think we should all try to be sharp cheddar in our lives
2: yeah, sharp cheddar. yeah, right?
1: move with the
0: cheese. be sharp cheddar. We just have a lot of food metaphors going on, and uh, we that's enjoy correct. them all move to Wisconsin, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kenny, thank you so much. We know that, you know, you had a late night, so we appreciate you getting on the phone with us. Um, and yeah, it's so so nice to to chat with you.
2: Well, thank you guys for having me, and uh, I'll not be the same for I thought I'd be so this is pleasant.
0: We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Paradise, and we'll get into night two.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
0: Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy.
1: I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin we all carry around these stressors right and when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively
0: therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down
1: if you're thinking of starting therapy give BetterHelp a try
0: it's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just
1: fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge.
0: Get it off your chest with BetterHelp.
1: Visit BetterHelp.com love to see it today to get 10% off your first month.
0: That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next.
1: So we have to talk about the most dramatic love triangle of all because it is the bridge between the two episodes. We sort of end night one with Joe Kendall and Leo and then we begin night two with it. Um, So much Joe Kendall, Leo. Mostly Leo. A lot of Leo. (laughs) Leo. Um, And so basically at this point, Leo went on a date with Kendall. It went really well. Went really
0: well. And Kendall seems to be thinking, my heart's with with Leo, this is good. This is practical.
1: We both live in L.A. Like, this
0: is what I should be going for.
1: Leo had made out with Chelsea after their date, but he has not told Kendall. However, he has told enough people that everyone, everyone else, else knows. knows about it. Um, but he just, like, hasn't had time to tell Kendall. And that's why she's the only person that hasn't found out. Right. It's just, yeah, He was he had plans to, like, very clear plans. Yeah. So... Kendall sits down with one of the MVPs of this week, uh, Kevin. Kevin. To just share how she's feeling about Joe and Leo. And she says, oh, I feel stimulated by Leo. I think that we're on the same track. And, like, I think this could be a really good connection for me. And Kevin says, okay, well, then I feel like you shouldn't have kissed Chelsea, too. And Kendall's like, excuse me, what? And poor Kevin
0: said this quite casually. You could tell that he didn't—it wasn't calculated— he wasn't
1: right. intending it seems to more stir like up he was drama. Participating in a pro and con thing when yes. he's like it's good that you feel this connection but like I don't know maybe he shouldn't have also talked. Right, that would Chelsea. be a concern for
0: me. <laughs> yeah,
1: and she's like oh wait, hold on. This is something I have not heard about. Um and she mentions that Leo seemed a little worried today and she thinks it's maybe because he thought that she had heard about it. Which is, an especially like maybe she's projecting, but if he's sitting around worried that she found out that he did something, and yet has not told her, that's not a good sign. Like that's that's not a a a choice that indicates he's good at relationships. Not good signs. This is this is the first of many not good signs from Leo this episode. So she sits down with Leo and says, "Look." just be honest with me you've been telling me that you're all in that you're focused on me that you want to pursue our relationship but i just heard that you kissed chelsea and leo does not handle this well leo sort of immediately turns toward um a number of tactics that don't really make sense like he's like well, I didn't tell you that I was hanging out with her because I thought it would, like, upset you. And Kendall's like, well, let's be clear. You kissed. You weren't, like, hanging out. Um, and he's like, well, I just didn't really want to upset you. So first of all, he's saying that he hid information from her about another woman because he didn't want to upset He also her. said he thought that saying they hung out covered it. Right. And also he says... That the kiss wasn't romantic. It was just a nice way just to get like to a know handshake. someone. It's like so a why handshake. would it upset her to hear about it? Like, if it was so casual that it meant nothing. He's like, I didn't tell you this because it would really devastate you, but also it was meaningless and why do you care? Like, you can't use both of those defenses. And we know that Kendall,
0: her communication style is to just dive right in. So she says, these are red flags for me. We're starting out now on a foot of dishonesty. That is a red flag and signs of a cheater for me. And now we've established a distrust between us.
1: Um, So Leo really takes this to heart. And Leo says, oh, so our phenomenal connection is now nothing because someone decided to tell her that I kissed Chelsea. Right. He is very anti-snitch. He's never talked badly about a guy to a girl because you don't do that. So we're also getting the vibe of, like, bros before hoes from Leo here. Also...
0: No one did speak badly about him. Simply, Kevin simply stated a fact, which is
1: that he kissed Chelsea, which, in fact, he did. That's snitching. And snitches get stitches <laughs> from Leo. I mean, it's really amazing to see this mindset at work, which we're all so familiar with from our current uh many conversations about sexual like misconduct uh, and and that's not what we're talking about here but the way that he acts like the the fault lies with the person who blabbed and not with him the person who, who did the did wrong the thing. thing um is troubling and he feels very profoundly uh justified and like is full of righteous anger that someone uh informed someone else about right. an actual thing and that his did. anger
0: comes out at Everyone, but not himself. Right. Just at everyone else, including eventually Kendall.
1: Honestly, it must be really relaxing to never, like, get mad at yourself for stuff. Like, it must be so comforting to be like, it is not I Never my fault. fault." It is the world. His level of
0: aggro got really scary for me.
1: Yeah. It's weird. It escalates so quickly. He jumps in the pool where everyone is hanging out. Starts yelling about... In this
0: really condescending, mocking way, but it also seemed really, really
1: aggressive. Right. He sees Jordan kissing Jenna by the side of the pool, and clearly he's been waiting for someone to kiss so that he can make a thing out of it because he starts yelling, oh, my God, someone's kissing. Let's tell Kendall. Someone should tell her. Someone should tattle. And then he starts yelling, I've never tattled on a man in my life. I wonder if he has tattled on a woman. I feel like he would see that differently. And then he starts saying, kissing is a damn handshake. It's not, in fact, a handshake. No, it's not. And the fact that no one else in paradise thinks it's a handshake should indicate to him that it is not a handshake in paradise. Like he's like, it's because I'm here that I'm allowed to kiss everyone. And they're all like, no, dude, that's not how it works. And he's like, how dare you? I'm correct. Also, the people who have kissed other
0: people have pretty much all been upfront about it and told the person,
1: Right. That they had like, also been involved with. He has violated the norms of this community in a way that caused hurt. And his reaction is, I decide what the norms are. And I've decided that it's this other thing that allows me to do what I want. And it's all of your faults. That's not how it works. Um, Colton is just watching in disgust. I do. It's, it's amazing. I feel like some of the men are acting really badly. And then it reaches the point that I'm really impressed when a guy is like that immature behavior is immature. I'm like, wow, well,
0: amazing job. Colton
1: and Kevin have both behaved pretty well. This, yes. Throughout this process. That's true. And and I I find myself disproportionately reassured because I'm just so desperate to be like, all oh, we are need not trash. something. We need something here. Yeah. Um. So finally, Kevin uh, talks to Colton about whether he should like volunteer to take Leo's beating basically by saying that it was him. And Colton's like, "Look, I know Leo well enough to know that if you're ju- that if you tell him, he's not going to freak out at you. It'll just let him move on to something else." Uh that is not what happens. And no, I'm starting Colton... to question whether Colton knows Leo as well as he thinks he I does. I think perhaps a lot of
0: these men don't know Leo as well as they think they right. do. I
1: think in the end, like honestly, a lot of them do not know each other as well as they think they do. Like they really have only known each other for like a few months. Like calm down.
0: I understand it's an intense experience, shared experience. But of course, there's always aspects of people's personalities that don't come out during that experience. And also, you know, their
1: histories as we have since learned. (laughs) It is crazy to me how some people completely fall apart. Under the pressures of the Bachelor or the Bachelorette, but on Paradise, they present really well. And then other people come off really respectful and nice during Bachelor Bachelorette, and then they come on this show and just destroy all of the goodwill. Like people respond so differently to different uh, situations. Um, And so Kevin uh, approaches Leo and's like, "You're asking who told Kendall it was me," and uh, and is like, "Look, I." I just mentioned it, but I'd heard it personally from four people. So So I really thought thought everyone knew. knew Um, And Leo's like, well, why? Why should she know? Also, you didn't give me a chance to tell her. It had been a day. He is like cutting from like rhetorical maneuver to rhetorical maneuver. It doesn't matter to him that they that they do not jive with each other at all. No, he's just desperately searching for something to to get him off the hook. Something will work. Something will land. Uh, and Kevin's just kind of like, look, it, she has a decision ahead of her. I want her to know all of the facts. And, and like, at that point, Leo's like, oh, well, I would have told her. I was going to tell her for sure. And Kevin's like, okay, well, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Why would anyone believe him? There is no evidence that he was ever planning to tell her. Five seconds ago, you were like, she shouldn't have to know at all. Um, and... Leo's like, everyone's kissing everybody. I don't have to tell her on your terms. I get to tell her on my terms. Also, is there a rule that you have to tell at all? <laughs> and Kevin's like, Kendall likes that rule. And that kind of seems to put a bow on the conversation. And like, we, how can Leo argue with that? Like, Kendall Ken- wanted to know this information. Kendall wanted she knows to know. the information. And she gets to make a decision
0: based on that. That's that's her that's right. how things work. Uh, and then we get just a great in the moment of Kevin... Quoting Justin Trudeau.
1: Canadians, (laughs) we're polite, we're reasonable, but we will not be pushed around. I love Kevin. (laughs) Um, And do not love Leo. Leo does a lot of uh, sarcastic toasts in this episode.
0: They're very, they're frightening to me. There's something about his condescending sarcasm that is scarier to me sometimes than direct
1: yeah. Outrage. Well, I like to often think of like sarcasm as being a way of releasing uh, hostility without escalating to aggression. And so when you combine them, it's like overkill, dude, like be sarcastic or be a little like chest puffy. Don't do both for sure. Um, I, I mean, ideally, don't be aggressive at all. <laughs> but um, also the, the way like the idea of toasting angrily to someone implies to me that you are about to get drunk and you're already being aggressive and mean so definitely don't add alcohol to this situation it's just a really uncomfortable like i definitely feel like we're watching the scene in a movie before he like you know tries to like murder someone um like it's like cheers to being a rat and then later you find like a dead rat on the guy's bed or something
0: and then poor chelsea is just somehow in the middle of this when she just like made (laughs) out with a dude who had said to her Kendall and I are fully seeing other people and nothing about this is going to be upsetting to anyone.
1: Yeah, poor and then she's not even really part of it. I I feel so bad for Chelsea. She She's just getting shoved around. She's been completely pushed to the sidelines of even something that is centrally about her. Leo doesn't Leo only comes up to her to be like no one cares if I kiss Chelsea. You don't care, right? Chelsea and Chelsea's like, "Honestly, yeah, I care." Like this poor girl, like I made think, out with
0: and tossed aside as an aside to someone else's love story, and then no is used.
1: She feels to, to, and terrible, and then is used as like a reference for like our kiss didn't matter at all, which like does not feel good. You don't no. want the guy coming up to you and being like, "Right, it meant nothing. Right, we didn't even enjoy it. Right, like thanks. it's also
0: astounding. Chelsea is seems so lovely. I She's know. completely stunning. She seems to be friends
1: with everyone. Like this girl cannot catch a break, someone and I'm just really feeling for her. Yeah. No, it's really sad. Like it, it it the way that that she was involved in this was I thought handled really disrespectfully by Leo, but also it was just weird to see everyone else not really acknowledging directly to her that that it was about her. It was very weird. Um yeah. And <laughs> Leo continues to spiral about Kendall. He thinks that she's going to be thinking about her date with him forever, and like I guess regretfully. Um, spoiler: she will not. Um, and so he sits her down. Uh, it's it's the evening. He sits her down and starts just yelling. He's like, "You ruined my day by making me feel like I did something wrong." So she should apologize. What? This is you truly did something wrong. This you did is, a thing that hurt someone, and they told you. You don't get to be angry at that person. This is not like I. I mean. This is like graduate level blame shifting in a relationship. If he's doing this before you're even dating, right? Even like, on one, date. I tremble to think what will happen when you've been dating five years and he's having an argument with you. It's like you—he turns on a dime and becomes really cold and really scary. Yeah, he is, and I—he's fully gaslighting her. We've yes. seen so much of so that. So much season. gaslighting,
0: and he's clearly a master at it. He just slips right in.
1: Yeah. He toggles just effortlessly back and forth between different realities. Um, Whichever one is going to be most useful to him at that moment. At that particular moment in the conversation. And demean
0: the woman he's talking to or whoever he's talking to. But in this case, a woman.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The worst thing a woman can do really is make a man feel like he did something wrong and therefore make him feel bad. Kendall
0: really does not back down, though. She doesn't allow him to gaslight her.
1: Yeah. She's like, I was vulnerable with you. And you hid information from me that everyone else had, uh, and that hurt. Um, I was transparent with you about Joe. You knew about him. And I've really done my best to, like, make sure that everyone knows where I'm at. And he's like, oh, yeah, good luck with that. And she's like, well, don't be condescending. And he's like, no, I really mean it. (laughs) Yeah, it's very sincere. Definitely, I really want you to be happy. Um. And he's like, look, we really connected. I thought we had this amazing connection on our date. But for me, it was real. Right. And at one point he says, I don't know how you're single. And it's unclear
0: whether it's sarcasm or not. Yeah. And then he accuses her of being a phenomenal
1: actress. Right. And he's like, but I want you to be happy. And she's like, so you're doing that by calling me a liar and saying everything that I had with you is fake. You're not making me happy. You're making me very upset. I love how she just very clearly identifies Lace. what he's doing, and,
0: and this is sort of the the same tactic that we saw in that great conversation she had with Crystal
1: on right? her season.
0: But it's it's honestly more satisfying with a terrible man.
1: It it really is because like it's it's so hard even for me now. To to lay out everything he's doing, and she does it in the moment. In the I moment, would be very flustered in a way that completely spikes his guns because he's trying to confuse her and trying to make her feel like she's attacked. From she's every like, I'm not side. confused. This is exactly what's
0: happening. You are being condescending, and you are saying this thing, but it's having the opposite effect on me. So yeah, that's what you're doing.
1: And he's like, Well, look, it's I'm being honest. I don't get how you're single, but also I think you are faking it with me, and it hurts. No, that doesn't make sense.
0: And finally, Joe has just been watching Leo yell at Kendall. And he finally just decides he's had enough. And he walks up and says, are you guys done?
1: And then we head into the next episode. Uh, Kendall does, at that point, wrap up the conversation and goes for a walk with Joe. I, I definitely felt for Kendall... In that moment that there's a frustration that you just want to finish this argument and win it. Like you want to to get to the end and and have like shut Leo up. And she even says at one point that it really frustrates her when she can't break through to people. Right.
0: Because she's Cause clearly they they're just to... going in circles because yes. he's just
1: going to keep throwing out the same keep list of insisting talking points a, on a false reality. Right. Um, and they walk away and J- Leo throws a pillow on the floor i'm just really starting to notice how much these guys throw throw shit like too much it's very toddler like yeah i mean it's not the end of the world to throw a pillow but like no it's just childish yeah um and uh kendall sits down with joe and is recapping what happened with leo a mile a minute like she can't stop talking um she, she, she was really upset that he was talking in circles and trying to confuse her, and he was behaving really hurtfully to everyone, and she wanted to, like, get through to him about it. And finally, Joe says, relax, you're freaking out over nothing. I did not
0: love this. <laughs> me neither. I, there's nothing worse that you could tell me than basically to calm down when I'm trying to express that I'm upset over something. I, I don't think he had the intention to shut her up, but that is, in effect, what he was doing, and— yeah, Just don't tell a woman or anyone who is upset, don't brush aside what they're saying. Maybe just try
1: listening to them and, and taking that in. Yeah. I mean, Kendall takes this much better than I would. <laughs> I know. I had the same rate of thought. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I do think that there is something telling. I, I haven't totally seen their chemistry. I don't totally get their dynamic. But – he has the, a calming effect the on The way her. that he calmed her down very quickly was impressive to me. Even if I didn't love, love the it. way he said it, um, I and think it wor- that it's it really telling of how yes. safe and comfortable you feel with someone that they can, like, bring you back down to baseline very, very quickly like that.
0: Right. And she says – and, yeah, and she says, you know, it's not nothing. And he says, well, he's he's essentially just being a jerk. He's just yeah. being mean. He's being a mean person. And yeah. she that lands with her.
1: yeah. And she's like, well, I'm I'm just really frustrated. And he's like, sometimes you just have to be frustrated and you're not going to basically like you're not going to fix it by talking at him. More. And she's like, yeah, you're you're right. That is life.
0: And Let's make, make out. out. <laughs> what a beautiful ending to this conversation.
1: Um, and so she at this point has decided to be invested in Joe and not be distracted by the Leos of the world. Unless maybe she's distracted by the Johns of the world. It's a different thing. Because now John is on the prowl for a rose. OK, John is on the prowl for a rose because, at some point, he and
0: Jubilee break up. What the I actual... literally looked down to eat some of my dinner
1: and missed this entire thing happening. That is how quick it was. It's crazy. Like, basically, someone is just recapping the couples, as they do occasionally. Uh, you know, like, oh, Colton and Tia are hanging out, and, you know, Kendall and Leo and Joe have this thing. Oh, and— uh, John told Jubilee that he just wanted to have a friendship, and so she decided to leave. That's it. And then we see, like, five seconds of of footage with a filter. It looks, like, dim to make it clear that this is, like, a flashback sequence of him being like, "I, I really think that, you know, at this point we should, like, focus on other people and just have a friendship. And then a clip of her walking her suitcase out. That's it
0: is so unsatisfying and unfair to it both is of them it's
1: bizarre
0: really weird i really enjoyed watching them together so i wanted to see that
1: relationship wrapped up i do feel, i almost feel like john is not getting attention for how he's like playing around because we see so little of his relationships and yet like, he's I been with if, every woman right i think if they had made a thing out of the jubilee exit And her being like so taken aback that she left would have made John look really bad. I do think it would have made John look bad. Like, and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I think that it would have focused more attention on like, why did you do that? Um, Like, why is Jubilee so upset? Like, were things said to her that led her to expect that they would keep dating? Like, we have none of these questions. All of that is glossed over. It's really weird.
0: Um, And we also saw. Jubilee tweeted that she was getting, you know, of course, some racist backlash over her exit, which is really, really upsetting. Um, And, you know, she kind of called out, like, this is what it's like to be a person of color who goes on this show. And it's just it's really upsetting and disappointing that contestants still have to deal with that kind of bullshit. And it just sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And someone like Jubilee or anyone deserves better than that, but I just have a real soft spot for Jubilee, and yeah, me too. I wish that her story had gotten a little bit more attention. Um, you know, I could have, we could have missed out on some of the many
1: Jordan Benoit confrontations. There are so many things right. that could have been cut many in service things. of this. Yeah, it was it was baffling. I I really have never seen anything like it on the show, um, and so once again we have John. Uh, Just, like, goofy, smiling, ready to hit on some other ladies. Um, Again, he had two women going after him pretty hard before the rose ceremony. Sent one of them home, kept Jubilee, then, like, sent her home. And now is like, I remember making out with Kendall earlier this this season. I'm going to try that again. Just when she has decided to fully focus on Joe. So he sits down with her and is like, Remember when we made out? That was great. I think that we have a really nice time together and I find you really attractive and I like that.
0: I like that I find you attractive. Cool line, bro. I mean,
1: what does that even mean?
0: I I mean, I like when I
1: find someone attractive, too. It's It's, a good It's a good feeling. Yeah, it feels good. It feels like warm and fuzzy in my stomach. Yeah. But um, (laughs) he he articulates the, the whole sentiment and then they make out and as soon as they kind of unsuck their faces... You just see Kendall's
0: face. It has dropped. She is not into this. Yeah,
1: that's how you really don't want a woman to look after you make out with her. Is like, (laughs) she's looking deep into her soul and questioning her very existence because of what just happened. Um, And she immediately wants to go talk to Joe because she uh, feels guilty and she she doesn't want to lose Joe, and he's already kind of put up with the Leo thing. Um... And so she sits down with Joe and tells him what happened and he asks if she has feelings for John and she says no. And she says she's falling for Joe and it scares her. I thought that Eric actually had a really good point. Yes. Uh, he yes, says Kendall, I loved that. He, he tells Joe that Kendall is afraid of Joe because he's very different from her and she's more comfortable with people who are similar to her. And
0: obviously she feels that She has certain similarities to Leo, certain similarities to John uh, in their communication styles, at least.
1: Yeah. And they're both sort of like West Coast people who are maybe a little offbeat for Bachelor World. Uh, John is, is maybe a little bit more like nerdy to Kendall's like eccentricness, but they both are like kind of off that that beaten Bachelor path. And Joe is just very low key, a very just a very <laughs> solid low key Midwesterner, not really like Kendall at all. Um, but she has decided that she is afraid of her feelings for him, which Eric had apparently picked up on. Yeah, and so they they admit that they're falling for each other, and they decide to focus only on each other and they commit. And Joe says, "Hopefully, guys stop kissing my girlfriend. That would be nice." <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Um,
0: and, and Leo is still
1: there at this point. Sulking. And at this point, I want to note that Leo has decided to frame the entire arc of his time with Kendall thusly. Kendall and I really hit it off nicely, but then we decided it wasn't going to work out. I didn't like some of the things. She did. She did. She did bad things. She can't even stop kissing other dudes, for heaven's sake. She's she... going to shatter Joe's heart. Su- such a wild... So wild... <laughs> I mean the mental gymnastics it's impressive His brain is very flexible (laughs) it's it's like nothing I've ever seen I mean I, I think I do actually for whatever reason tend to kind of take people at their word so to watch something play out and then to see someone describe it totally differently later always makes my jaw drop I'm like how do you think that that's what happened
0: also you're on camera does he think that that's what
1: happened Maybe he might be really deep in his own delusion. Also, I can't get over the fact that he is grossed out by Kendall kissing other dudes when he. Because I thought kissing was a damn handshake. Yeah, it's just a handshake. It's a handshake in paradise. He's very confused about where he stands on a lot of things. The a handshake as long as no one finds out about it. <laughs> it's a secret handshake. Yeah, a secret <laughs> handshake.
0: Um, and so therefore, uh, because of all of this, because Kendall did some things he didn't like,
1: Paradise needs to just burn to the ground. And start over. Yeah. For him. I would like for his part of Paradise to burn to the <laughs> yeah. ground and start over. Um, or never
0: start over, just burn to the ground.
1: So we're approaching a, ro- a rose ceremony, but first we get... A little more a Jordan, Jenna, and Benoit. Um, Benoit is really bumming out over Jenna. And he's just walking lonely along the beach in his glasses and jorts, looking like he's on uh, a Canadian street or something. And uh, he decides to walk up to her at the bar and be like, I'm really sad about what you did to me. How could you know what's best for me? That doesn't make sense at all. And Jenna tries to explain, well, she
0: made a decision that she thought was best for both of them. And I I understand being frustrated when someone says this is what's best for you and you feel that that's strongly not what is best for you. But ultimately, if someone's not into you, it is
1: best for them not to be with you. Right. For you too. Like, he's like, you don't understand. I don't care if you're into me. I just want to be with you anyway. I don't think he really feels that way. No, He's just, he's sad. Yeah. Um... He he gets a little, like, he's really leaning on the guilt. He's like, you're making things so complicated. If it was just the two of us, then, like, this wouldn't be happening. But it's yet like, you're that on That is this the concept show, of the show. And it's not the two of you. It's not the two of you. And she likes Jordan better. So what do you hope to get out of this conversation? Um, Jenna is completely distraught. She's like, all you have in life is how you affect people. And I don't want to make people feel bad. Um, she is really easily guilted yeah uh, which i relate to um and jordan finds her sort of crying on a hammock so he obviously must defend her honor yeah he starts thumping his chest He's like i i can't believe that he made you cry and she says it's fine you know i just let him yell and it's fine she clearly just tosses this statement off but jordan really latches onto the word yell he yelled to you and she even says he didn't
0: yeah. But Jordan has already, like, gotten up and started walking down the beach. <laughs> it's like, like, I'm going to go fuck yeah. this guy yeah. up. Yeah. Jenna <laughs> starts
1: yelling after him. Like, no, he's just upset. It's not his fault. Stop. Oh, God. Um. So he confronts Benoit, and he's like, why Why did you yell at her? I didn't yell at her after you guys went out, and I can't believe you did that. And Benoit and Wells are both like, there was no yelling. Um, and Jordan's like, yeah, well, you made her cry. And I was like, "You shouldn't have gone in with such an easily disprovable accusation, because <laughs> now it looks like you don't even care what." And happened. Benoit,
0: Benoit and Wells just look like, "What?
1: No, we're not. <laughs> this is not happening."
0: <laughs> and Ben, but Benoit is is pissed. He just—Jordan is just getting under his skin. Here's this guy who's, like, six years younger than him, like, yelling at
1: him. <laughs> I mean, I kind of was irritated with Benoit by the end of this Oh, day. so was I. So I was mean, I he was like, why does this keep happening? Like, there's something wrong with this guy. And I was like, Benoit, you did kind of start this by going up to a girl who dumped you and, like, bitching at her about how bad she's making you feel. Oh,
0: I agree. And then also for him to then act as though— None of that had happened. He was just fully on board with Chelsea, and therefore Chelsea owed him
1: something. Right. All of a sudden, he is making out with Chelsea in a hammock being like, laying some serious lines on her. Like, he's like, I think you can relate to what I've been going through because no one wants to date you. And she's like, yeah, well, tequila helps. And he's like, tequila and you. She does not seem into his intensity. Yeah. It's like she—it's weird to field lines like that because yeah. what are you supposed to say? Yes, Especially after you I just, watch, just as potent as tequila. watch this person be super into your friend for the last two days, right? Um, like someone who was just like crying over another girl, like not an hour ago, is now like, "You're good medicine. You make me feel good." Ugh. It's getting hot, isn't it? I'm gonna make out with you now. It's un- it's uncomfortable to watch. Um, and I know that the, the, the trading... It's just part of It is part, part of, of the it, game. But you have to be tactical about being <laughs> sort of convincing about your new connection. It was connection. not that convincing. It was not. Um, and there's a lot of, like, pre-Rose ceremony jockeying going on. At this point, Chris still thinks Crystal might pick Connor. So he decides to set up a special relaxing evening for her. A chance for her to teach yoga to him. I loved this. This is so amazing. funny. I did think it was sort of sweet to set up a yoga thing for her. She's really into wellness. There are like little candles and he has the yoga mats laid out. And I was like, oh, that's so nice, Chris. And then he's like, you're going to have to teach me because I don't know anything about yoga. So and like maybe you could show me some moves. She sort of punts to him and says, well, you're going to lead this. Right. No, she literally, I, as I was watching this, I was like, he's asking her to, to work right now. But she's not going to say it. Like they're just going to be like, whatever. Thanks for doing this. She says,
0: you want me to work?
1: I, like, wanted to applaud.
0: Crystal! Call just, this shit out yeah, when I'm guys a- do this stuff. i applauding
1: for Crystal this whole episode. And she's still, does, like, she's she's like, I'll let you lead. And, of course, the only move he knows is downward dog. And then she has to teach him how to do and it. And his form is all wrong. It's terrible.
0: Um, I, this did make me, make me think that uh, Crystal would be a good yoga teacher. I would go to one of her
1: classes. Oh, yeah. I think she probably is. Yeah. Um, and uh, it ends up it ends up well. They make out. Um, I'm not convinced uh, that that Chris was really thinking about her well being, but he tried. And uh, and it's it's time for the rose ceremony cocktail hour. And Leo still angry and in a leopard print shirt. It wasn't a. It was not a good shirt. It was bad. It was really bad. It would have been bad even if it wasn't on him. <laughs> I was going to say even if it wasn't leopard print, but that too. Um, it's just kind of like a little like, loose, silky button-down. It, it just wasn't great. Uh, in a leopard print. And he starts the night off. He's like, I want to do a toast. Instead of something cliched, I want to toast to something real. Fuck you, Kendall. Fuck you, Kendall, you piece of <laughs> shit bitch. He's like, it's we essentially had, what happened. Yeah, he's like, Kendall, we had so much fun. It's a shame to find out that you're full of shit. I look around the room, and everyone is full of shit. And the world has enough bullshit in it. I don't want to be a part of it. He gets up and says,
0: good luck with grocery store bitch over there. And everyone is just
1: sitting there like, please leave. Please leave. You're terrible. And Joe says, you want to say that to my face? And Leo goes, I'm out. Cheers. Cheers to being a bitch. And Joe follows him. Joe follows him out, um, asking him again to say it to his face. I was like, Joe, don't do this. He's leaving. Let him leave. Do not instigate a physical confrontation with this asshole. I think Joe has just been taking
0: it, taking it, taking it, and he sort of snaps here.
1: Um, And I thought it was weirdly edited, the fight. It was a
0: little bit confusing to see exactly what happened. It looked like producers really stepped in before anything had happened, but then uh, Leo throws his drink at Joe. Right. But you sort of see a producer—
1: You see multiple producers, but you you see one almost, like, leap over and grab Leo. (laughs) I mean, it's weird because we see Joe walk right up to him and say, do you want to say it to my face? And Leo says, grocery store bitch. And they're right next to each other. And then the camera kind of cuts away to everyone freaking out. And then the next thing we see is Joe being dragged away from Leo and Leo... Throwing, throwing his drink. drink at him. Like he's like trying to put out a, a small well, kitchen that's fire That's why or I wonder
0: if what happened was just that producers ran in before right.
1: anything happened. My other theory, which I don't want to believe is true, is that Joe started like physically attacking him and they didn't want to show him being violent because he's like – So chill. And he's like the sweetheart yeah. of the show. I hope that that's not why because I too want to believe that Joe <laughs> is a good dude. But – um it was, it was weirdly edited such that we could only see Leo throwing the drink. And uh, he, Joe, you know, is restrained back into the other room. He's like, I should have knocked his fucking head off. False, Joe. Physical violence is never the answer. Um, Kevin's like, once you speak so insultingly to a woman, you're not a man, which I like to point out is the no true Scotsman fallacy. A lot of men are really terrible. Um, As Jenna later points out. Yeah. Jenna, our oracle. <laughs> I know. Um Crystal suggests saging the gazebo. <laughs> I love that. She also has crystals. Yeah. Crystal has crystals. Um and it's uh it's time for the actual now now the party is starting. Colton has a pile of hot dogs for Tia. Jordan says I'm really a golden retriever, and Jenna's my frisbee. Um and meanwhile, Chelsea is fielding uh, Ugh, poor Chelsea, Benoit, John, Connor, and David, who are all going for her rose because and everyone else is. Spoken I do for. respect
0: that David. You know, clearly they had had something a little bit romantic that had ended. I respected the way that he just put it out there. I know, I respect you. I want you to make other connections. If those aren't there, as a friend, I'd love to be. I'd love to be here.
1: Yeah, it was a.
0: It was honest and because you can feel the desperation of a lot of these guys and could tell that they weren't necessarily into Chelsea and were just throwing all of this fake affection towards her, which does not feel good to be on the receiving end of.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the thing that I've always wondered about, like, what if I were uh, like more beautiful or something? It's like to have to get, uh, like, attention from guys and to not know if they really like you must feel really weird. Yeah. Like, I I feel like that would fuck with your head. And, And Chelsea seems unimpressed by everything. Like, these guys keep sitting down with her and just, like, laying big smackers on her. And she just gives them a look afterwards, like, okay, like, John kisses her. Connor kisses her. Benoit is, like... I've dated single moms before and I don't care about the rose. I just... Okay. If you're in my life, if you want to be in my life, that's the rose. And she does not. And also, like, that is what the rose signifies. Like, he's like, I don't care about a rose. I just want you to, like, want me in your life. And it's like, if she gives you the rose, then that's what that means. Um, (laughs) Tia, meanwhile, I love this, is, like, ripping on Connor to Colton.
0: (laughs) On his... Was his fashion choices?
1: Yes. his shirt
0: is just all the way unbuttoned, she's basically. She's like, he wouldn't
1: know a nice dress shirt if it slapped him in the face. And he asked for his drinks in a champagne flute. He actually asked for his tequila oh, yes, soda we, in a champagne flute. Oh, you we do flute. see a
0: clip of Connor insisting to Yuki and Wells that his drink be in a champagne flute.
1: <laughs> Amazing. I mean, Connor is douche. Like, I'm yeah. not pro-Connor. Yeah. Um, he sits down with Chelsea, and she's like yeah, you haven't really paid any attention to me. And he's like, well, now I am. Here Here I am. She just Can starts,
0: I kiss you? She just <laughs> starts making jokes about cleavage. Um, it was Chelsea, just a disaster. Chelsea also clearly has a pretty good, like, bullshit detector.
1: Yeah. Um, and I still was, I sort of thought she was going to give her rose to Benoit or David. Um, because Benoit did try a little earlier To show to show romantic interest in her than anyone else that we've seen, Um, or David, uh, you know, because they just have a good friendship, right? Um, But uh, the rose ceremony comes around and the roses go. Also, we do have a clip of John at one point being like, "Well, Chelsea's
0: ex is half Asian, and I'm half Asian. I didn't, I don't even know what to do with that.
1: Therefore, I'm golden." I was like, John, um, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, he's like, I think I have an in with her because of that. And I was like, so you are hoping that she has some sort of, like, fixation? on? Okay. Like, listen, who am I to judge? But uh, so in the end, uh,
0: she she's right to feel yeah, confident. He's, he's
1: right. <laughs> she gives her rose. So it's Crystal gives her rose to Chris, Kendall to Joe, Tia to Colton, Jenna to Jordan. Um, they, like, lick each other's faces yep. afterwards. It's very weird. Astrid to Kevin, Annalise to Camille,
0: Angela to Eric, Chelsea to John. Uh, Benoit is very angry as he exits, but, I like, I don't even... We've covered it. Yeah. Um, he is gone, and... We just have two little love triangles to zip through, and yeah. then we can
1: be on our way. Uh, because Chelsea now is like, well, maybe John and I can connect, but also, it's women coming in this week, so no one else is coming in Chelsea for her. seems pretty sure that she's, like, pretty fucked. Yeah. And, uh... She's like, yeah, he'll be prime pickings for anyone coming in. She's literally the only only one
0: one. who's single. Um, So Olivia from RE season, she was someone who got eliminated maybe the night one. Night one. Yeah. Um, She's very cute and she's ready to step on some toes for her man. But not really because she pulls a few people who just say to her, I'm in relationship with someone else. And she's like, "Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She finally uh, sits down with John and he's like. I'm available. Tell me about you. What's your story? Well, I'm like this. He's like, he's all focused on her. And uh, so naturally, what was weird is like, I didn't I felt like she didn't like him that much. By the end of the date, she seemed to like. him, Right. But like when they sat down, like (laughs) he's (laughs) like, oh, I'm a programmer. She's like, oh, you're smart. And then he starts listing different kinds of intelligence. (laughs) And she just looks bored and confused. Like, yeah, I know about intelligence types. And But finally she's like, okay, well, do you want to go on a date, I guess?
0: (laughs) To be fair, what else was she supposed to do? Exactly.
1: She had no choices. And uh, they end up going to someone's quinceañera, which I really hope was not really someone's quinceañera. It really might have been. That would just really upset me. If, like, if it was my quinceañera and all of my relatives and friends were instead talking to some random Americans we would never met (laughs) about their first date. Um, and, uh, back at the house, I just want to call this out. Chris says, John is a whore at this point.
0: That was very call weird. The fuck down, that was Chris.
1: very weird. Jesus.
0: Also, Chris has
1: been in semi-relationships with multiple people. Like, th- yeah. this is what happens on this show. Chris at one point was like, I think he was jealous because he wanted to break the record of making out with the most women on Paradise in one night. And then he got locked down by Crystal and he can't do that anymore. I think Chris seems to be trying to make Chelsea feel better, but this is not making Chelsea feel better. And he's like, yeah, John had this hot mom from Maine. I would have hung out with her. And it's like, Chris, you are literally dating someone else that you met at the same time as Chelsea. Chelsea's face is just. Stone cold. (laughs) She's like, none of you. This is not helping. None of you are actually helping me right now. Um, So meanwhile, uh, another lady comes in. Cassandra. Uh, And we should at this point note that Angela and Eric have been kind of a a low-key, solid couple. They finally got their first date. Their date actually looked amazing. It was
0: just being pampered in a giant... Hotel suite and having the most beautiful
1: big ice cream sundae delivered to you, yeah, and a cheese platter. There was it's a, a dream. golden toilet in their there hotel was. suite. Well, I mean, I have to assume this was a Trump property, <laughs> um, which makes me disapprove. However, um, I, I never say no the to a fifty-pound ice cream sundae. It looked so
0: good. It's like these are not the people. These are fitness people. They are not going to appreciate this Sunday. They probably have
1: like one. Also, it was amazing when the guy rolls in the ice cream sundae and Eric is like, are you a mind reader? She loves sweets. And it's like, (laughs) Eric, everyone does. The whole purpose of them is to be enjoyed. They didn't like know Angela likes ice cream. Um, And uh, Eric is very intense with
0: Angela. They are both. Say, you know, they're on the same page. They're all in for each other. They see potential here. Yeah. It seems really, really promising. And it's it's really sweet. I, Angela says, Eric makes me feel special. He makes me feel like a princess. I feel really, like,
1: seen by him. Yeah. They're like, we won't accept dates from other people. Like, we're committed to exploring this thing between us. So the next day, uh, <laughs> this Cassandra, this hot, like, former NBA dancer, uh, arrives another single mother she was on juan pablo's season and she was so young when she was on she was
0: 21 right. so now she's the age of all the of more of these people
1: right and she was like in the interim i think engaged briefly to her uh son's father who's oh uh, after a, juan an nba player and then yeah. she also
0: dated um jonathan the single dad from maybe two
1: paradises ago yeah so she's been on paradise before too And uh, but she is showing up now late and ready to ready to mingle. And she's super cute. And
0: she many of the men take notice. This is another moment. I was like, Joe, I really like you. And this is not helping. Joe (laughs) just goes like, yeah, she's
1: big boobs. Oh my God, Joe! Yeah, like Joe. Cool what are you? It. Stop!
0: Stop! What
1: are you doing? All men are literally bad. Like even if they're good <laughs> in a lot of ways, there's definitely something about them that's bad. And Again, that's main thing what I've is learned the from quote? This season. Oh, I will. I guess we'll get to Jenna's excellent quote. But, yes. Um, so Eric is just drooling. Yeah, basically. So she sits down with him, and he like he's like, "I'm hanging out with Angela, but like taking things slow. I'm totally open." I love your teeth. <laughs> what is his fixation with? This is the second time he he's told someone teeth. who is
0: good. They have good teeth, and also
1: a lot of the dudes have been asking the women this season about their like ethnic backgrounds. He's like, "What's your background? You're you have a glow." She's like, uh, I "She's like, like Italian, Italian, I guess it's Polish? that classic like Italian Dutch Polish glow <laughs> that you have." Um, but she uh, is really into Eric right off the bat, and she asks him on the date, and he's like, "Yes." Uh, and then he goes to talk to Angela, sits down. He's so cold to her. That's what really really took me back here. I've he tries a slightly different tactic from some of the other like gaslighty dudes we've seen this season, but he's like, "Look, I told Cassandra that we hadn't defined our relationship." And that's true. And it's like, "No, no it's not. Like that that isn't true." And then he says, Well, yes, I did say all of those things, make all of
0: those promises. But then I just woke up
1: and I felt none of the same things. Here's what you don't know. This morning when I woke up, I felt completely different about all the promises that I'd made to you. And I didn't mention that to you until someone else hotter asked me on a date. Um, It was like this is the way that you really give people trust issues. Because the idea is I guess you have to check in with him every 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 30 minutes hours. Yeah. Just to see. Like, did you change your mind since the last time you not, told me you loved me? And not let me? me know. Because realistically, you might have changed your mind and just not told me. Like, I guess I just have to keep asking. Um, Angela's like, all right, well, you didn't tell me this morning that you felt differently. And I'm, I'm not impressed with this. Um, but OK, fine. Whatever. Do what you need to do. Uh, and then at this point, she is freaking out. But so are all the other couples because they're like, If they can go down so – this is why, like, everyone in a friend group gets divorced at the same time.
0: (laughs) And also there is often a point towards this part of paradise where couples just start imploding.
1: Yeah. And clearly it's going to happen next next week. Oh, for sure. I mean, I feel like they've all decided to find the person they like best and just kind of stick with them and not mess things up for themselves. And then you hit a point where you're like, or maybe (laughs) – and
0: I'm sure you have producers in your ears saying, if you're not going to continue this into the real world, now's the time to end it.
1: Right. Which is fair. Yeah. Um, and it is – someone calls it a domino effect. And I it, there is an element of where putting together – a cast of relationships like this is sort of like Jenga or something. Yeah. Like if you remove one person from a couple, then everyone else, like someone else who's in a couple might be like, well, maybe now I'm interested in that person or something like that. And then suddenly the whole structure implodes. It's like, we tried to pair off everyone perfectly so that there would be no one at loose ends trying to cop our people. And now it's falling apart. Um, and, and Angela is just understandably really, really upset. She
0: kind of tries to go into the bathroom area and, um, where there are no cameras, but, of course, we can still see it being yeah. filmed from outside and, and they're still mic'd. And she's talking to – this is her talking to Jenna, I think. Yeah. Um, and
1: she's just crying. It's really sad. I mean, I'm I'm really disappointed in Eric. Me too. I think that he should have, if he promised Angela the night before that he wouldn't go on another date, I think he should have said no to the date. But also, he could have been more honest about it with Angel the
0: next day and be like, "I thought about this again, and I feel like we moved too quickly, and I want to be open to right. whoever
1: walks in." Or you can, or like after he gets asked on the date, if he's like, "This is the exception," then he should be like, "Having met Cassandra, I feel like she is worth like." Risking what we have established and that's why I've decided to go on this even though I promised I wouldn't like don't do this whole like I changed my mind and I just didn't tell you thing like it was very immature it was not
0: good communication skills and again it was he had a coldness about him where he didn't seem empathetic to why she might be very upset and feel distrustful and feel very hurt
1: it seemed it was very guarded like he it was like was, no
0: i told you this thing yeah I, I did tell you this thing but now i'm telling you this thing now so why can't you just understand right. that
1: well it's cuz he knew he w- was in the wrong yes. like so he came in with a very defensive posture ready to like aggressively knock down all her complaints and that's never a good look
0: uh, but at one point jenna just says you can't expect to come to paradise and for the men to be better they're just
1: men yep and it's true They're men. Everywhere you go, the men are just men. The men are bad. Yeah. And they're bad. They're men and they're bad. Except for Nick, who is great. And we just love having him here in the room with us while we have these conversations. you're great. You're a great man. (laughs) Nick is shaking his head. (laughs) And I just want to end with a note that Colton never wears underwear, even with denim. And uh, he says you just have to be careful not to zip it into your pants. And Kevin might have um, a brand of
0: underwear, for him to try
1: it has a perfect little dick pocket apparently <laughs> and that's what we're all looking for
0: and it ends right on colton being like i don't like to be restricted and astrid says
1: i feel the same way about socks cut <laughs> <laughs> i i just I, I wish we saw more of these beautiful moments
0: i know i always wish that there was a show just of you know the outtake blooper moments that might be i might enjoy
1: that more yeah same next season uh, yeah. So we're going to come back right in the middle of Cassandra, Eric, Angela. And I just can't wait to see how this all plays out. And it looks apparently like, Tia Colton might implode next week, too. Looks like a lot of tears next week. Yes. Um, so we can't wait for that.
0: Now it's time for Feminism Fails. We have a handful this week. Just one or two. <laughs> First, Pretty much all of the men keep talking obsessively about women's bodies, including, you know, Cassandra's boobs. We're
1: going to give that one just a 2, 2.5. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. It's okay to, like, find women attractive and talk about it. But it's reaching this, like, leering level that makes it really uncomfortable. The singling out of individual body parts maybe could just stop. Yeah. Teeth, boobs, whatever. Uh, Next, Joe tells Kendall to relax because she's upset over nothing. Um, Every part of this uh, rang uh, to smacked to me, I guess, of men considering women's concerns and emotions uh, unimportant and uh, unpleasant to deal with. It was a little dismissive, but I'm only giving it a two because it really calmed her down. And so I guess in that case it worked. But in general, I don't want to I don't (laughs) Don't want to endorse it. (laughs) And then we have Leo's.
0: Epic gaslighting of Kendall, which was just totally disturbing to watch. We're going to give that one a five because gaslighting, really awful, really awful. Don't do it.
1: Pretty much everything Leo did this episode was awful. And a five. Um, I want to point out that he thinks he should get to kiss anyone he wants in Paradise because it's basically a handshake. But when Kendall does it, it's suddenly slutty and gross. Um, Full five for the double standard there, dude. And then, of course, Leo calls Joe grocery
0: store bitch and uses the term bitch many, many times. Going to give that one also a five. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests, Kenny King, and our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson.
1: Do you love Here to Make Friends? Find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to subscribe and give us a rating. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so you can follow us there. And you can find us both individually on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at
0: Emma Lady Rose. Or you can send us an email at here to make friends at huffpost.com. Thanks for listening.
1: We'll be back next week for more Paradise.